Hi, I'm Eric, and I'm a member of 7pm in Kirribilli, and this reading comes from 2 Samuel chapter 22 through to chapter 23, verse 7, and this can be found on page 279 of the Black Bibles in your chairs. 2 Samuel chapter 22. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. He said, The Lord is my rock, my fortress, and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge, and my savior. From violent people you save me. I call to the Lord, who is worthy of praise, and have been saved from my enemies. The waves of death swelled about me, the torrents of destruction overwhelmed me, the cords of the grave coiled around me, the snares of death confronted me. In my distress I called to the Lord, I called out to my God. From his temple he heard my voice, my cry came to his ears. The earth trembled and quaked, the foundations of the heavens shook, they trembled because he was angry. Smoke rose from his nostrils, consuming fire from his mouth. Burning coals blazed out of it. He parted the heavens and came down. Dark clouds were under his feet. He mounted the cherubim and flew. He soared on the wings of the wind. He made darkness his canopy around him. The dark rain, the clouds of the sky. Out of the brightness of his presence, bolts of lightning blazed forth. The Lord thundered from heaven. The voice of the Most High resounded. He shot arrows and scattered the enemy. With great bolts of lightning, he routed them. The valleys of the sea were exposed and the foundations of the earth laid bare at the rebuke of the Lord, at the blast of breath from his nostrils. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. He brought me into a spacious place. He rescued me because he delighted in me. The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he has rewarded me. For I have kept the ways of the Lord. I am not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I have not turned from his decrees. I have been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. To the faithful, you show yourself faithful. To the blameless, you show yourself blameless. To the pure, you show yourself pure. But to the devious, you show yourself shrewd. You save the humble, but your eyes are on the haughty to bring them low. You, Lord, are my lamp. The Lord turns my darkness into light. With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. As for God, his ways are perfect. The Lord's word is flawless. His shields, he shields all who take refuge in him. For who is God beside the Lord? And who is the rock except our God? It is God who arms me with strength and keeps my way secure. He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving my help, my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. 
I pursued my enemies and crushed them. I did not turn back till they were destroyed. I crushed them completely and they could not rise. They fell beneath my feet. You armed me with strength for battle. You humbled my adversaries before me. You made my enemies turn their backs in flight, and I destroyed my foes. They cried for help, but there was no one to save them. To the Lord, but he did not answer. I beat them as fine as the dust of the earth. I pounded and trampled them like mud in the streets. You have delivered me from the attacks of the peoples. You have preserved me as the head of nations. People I did not know now serve me. Foreigners cower before me. As soon as they hear of me, they obey me. They all lose heart. They come trembling from their strongholds. The Lord lives. Praise be to my rock. Exalted be my God, the rock, my savior. He is the God who avenges me, who puts the nations under me, who sets me free from my enemies. You exalted me above my foes. From a violent man, you rescued me. Therefore, I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing the praises of your name. He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. These are the last words of David. The inspired utterance of David, son of Jesse. The utterance of the man exalted by the Most High, the man anointed by the God of Jacob, the hero of Israel's songs. The Spirit of the Lord spoke through me. His word was on my tongue. The God of Israel spoke. The rock of Israel said to me, When one rules over people in righteousness, when he rules in the fear of God, he is like the light of morning at sunrise on a cloudless morning, like the brightness after rain that brings grass from the earth. If my house were not right with God, surely he would not have made me an everlasting covenant. Arranged and secured in every part, surely he would not bring to fruition my salvation and grant me my every desire. But evil men are all to be cast aside like thorns, which are not gathered with the hands. Whoever touches thorns uses a tool of iron or a shaft of a spear. They are burned up where they lie. Well, good to see you, 7 p.m. My name is Andrew. If I haven't met you before, I think it's been about three years since I've had the pleasure of being back here at 7pm. I'm uh, one of the pastors here at the Bridge Church. I help look after our connect groups and pastor 10.30 Macquarie Park and 4pm Neutral Bay. But it's great to be with you here at 7 o'clock. Let's pray as we come before God and his word. Father, what we know not, teach us. What we have not, give us. And what we are not, make us. For your son's sake, we pray. Amen. One of the most precious things I own is my grandma's life story. She gave it to me just before she died beautifully bound and presented. And in it, she looks back on her whole life. She looks back on all the highs, all her successes. She had a great life. And she looks back and talks honestly about the lows, the moments of deep suffering and grief. 
My grandma was a believer. And so throughout her life story, she looks back, she's constantly testifying to the goodness of God, the grace of God, the love of God. I wonder, as you look back on your life, however long it's been, can you see God's goodness through the highs, through the lows? Do you testify to his power, to his grace? Well, that's what King David is doing in our passage today. It's our last week tonight in our series on the life of David. In many, many ways, tonight's sermon, tonight's passage is a summary of the whole series because we see David and he's looking back. He's looking back on his life. He's looking back on the highs and he's had some great highs. And he looks back on the lows. He's had some deep lows. If you've been with us in this series, it's been a roller coaster. And he testifies to the goodness, the grace, the power of God. And I love it because he could have just stated everything that happened in his life, matter of fact. He could have said, and then I did this, and then I did that, and then this happened. But sometimes in your life, there are things so wonderful that you can't just use normal words. You need to sing it. And that's what King David does as he praises God, he turns it into song. And I wonder whether this song that he sings is a song you can sing through your highs, through your lows of life. There's three things David sings about as he looks back on his life. Number one, he sings a song of rescue. He sings a song of rescue. Have a look at verse 1 of 2 Samuel 22. 2 Samuel 22, verse 1. David sang to the Lord the words of this song when the Lord delivered him from the hand of all his enemies and from the hand of Saul. Sometimes when we're telling a story and we want it to be more engaging and more entertaining, we embellish it and we say things like, I almost died. It was so funny, I almost died. But David here, he literally has almost died multiple times. The poor guy couldn't catch a break. He became, he he was anointed and he faced Goliath and almost died, it's fair to say. He was on the run from Saul who threw spears at him to try and kill him, almost died. He was on the run from his son Absalom who wanted to take his life. That's why he called the series The Relentless Pursuit. The poor guy couldn't catch a break. He has faced death multiple times in his life. That's why look at what he says in verse 5. Verse 5. He says, The waves of death swirled about me. The torrents of destruction overwhelmed me. The cords of the grave coiled around me. The snares of death confronted me. I remember when I was young and I went out into the surf and there was a wave that I underestimated and it just dumped me. And I remember just being smashed by this wave round and round and round. I remember feeling disoriented, didn't know which way was up. I remember uh, needing to have a breath and I couldn't and it was, it was distressing. David describes his life like that. He describes a wave of death swirling about him Smashing him and smashing him. And I wonder if you've ever experienced anything like that in your life. Maybe you've had an actual near-death experience. 
But maybe you've experienced times in your life when it just feels like the waves of life are just smashing up against you. Where all the solid ground you thought you were standing on seems to crumble around you. Uncertainty comes and you feel disoriented and you feel hopeless. Maybe you're in an experience like that right now as you come to church tonight. It's great that you're here. David has experienced that many times in his life. But look at what he says about God. Verse 2. The Lord is my rock, my fortress and my deliverer. My God is my rock in whom I take refuge, my shield and the horn of my salvation. He is my stronghold, my refuge and my saviour. From violent people you save me. He calls God his rock. He's talking about a place of security, a place of stability, of safety. Do you remember Jesus said that the wise person builds their life on the word of God, building their life on a rock? And so when the waves of life come, that wise person stands secure. So David's saying, God, you're my rock, you're my fortress, you're my deliverer, you're my shield. You're the horn of my salvation. In the ancient Near East, an animal horn you would blow as a sign of strength and a sign of power. And do you notice the word that keeps being repeated? My. My, 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 my. The Lord is my rock. See, for David, these aren't just theoretical things he's saying about God. These aren't just facts he's reading out. He has personally experienced God as his refuge, as his shield, as his fortress. And one of the things I love about Open Mic is people come up, and as we just heard tonight, and testify to their experience of God in a personal way, their relationship with God and the way God has helped them and rescued them and been their strength. This is personal for David. And so David says, verse 7, that he, in his distress, I called to the Lord. I called out to my God. From his temple, he heard my voice, my cry came to his ears. Isn't it amazing that in the lowest moments of our life, where we just feel like the waves of life are smashing up against us, we have someone we can call out to. Isn't that amazing? And someone who hears us. It's not just that he, he loves us, but if he loves us and can do nothing about it, that would be no good at all. But he... We can call out to someone who loves us and can do something about it. We have God. And I've got to be honest, like in my life, in the hard times, I'm going to be honest, my gut reaction is not to call out to God. My gut reaction is to go into fix-it mode. That's what I do. If I've got a problem, I just want to fix it. I want to work out a way out of it. I want to solve it all myself. I need to humble myself before God and say, God, I need you. God, would you, would you be my strength? Lord, would you help me? Would you be my fortress? Do you do that? Now, God doesn't promise that when we call out to him, he's always going to give us the answer that we hope. He doesn't promise that he's always going to take the problem away in the way that we'd like, but he does promise that he will be our rock, our strength, our refuge, our stronghold. You are never too far from his deliverance. 
your problems are never too great for him. And so David, as he looks back on his life and all these near-death experiences, he talks about God's rescue. Look at verse 17. Verse 17. He reached down from on high and took hold of me. He drew me out of deep waters. He rescued me from my powerful enemy, from my foes who were too strong for me. They confronted me in the day of my disaster, but the Lord was my support. Sometimes when I'm uh, bored watching TV and I don't know what to watch, um, you know, flicking through the channels and see Bondi Rescue. I love that show, Bondi Rescue. And um, I watched an episode last week and it was just a spectacular rescue. There was this woman who was unconscious, face down in the water. The lifeguards, they swim in. They're being pummeled by the waves themselves. They rescue her, fight all the way back to the shore, and they bring her, and her heart had stopped. They, they resuscitate her. It's just incredible to watch them reach out their hand and grab her from the dangerous surf. Well, King David describes God's rescue as he's in the deep waters the lowest of lows, and God reached out his hand on high and drew him to safety. And for us, straight away, our minds should go to our greatest rescue. When we were lost in our sin, we'd wandered from God, turned our own way, we were hopeless, we were facing death. And we were stubborn, but God in his grace, he reached out his hand into the deep waters. He sent his son Jesus into the mess of our world to die for us on a cross in our place so we could be forgiven. His hand of grace reaching out to take us and to rescue us. We have had a spectacular, spectacular rescue have you been rescued? If you're here tonight and you're not a believer, maybe you're exploring who Jesus is, God is reaching out his hand. He's given up his son for you. He wants to rescue you. Would you come to him? Would you trust him? Well, I love, I love what David says next, verse 20. He brought me out into a spacious place. Into a spacious place. What does he mean? Uh, where... We're looking for a new rental property at the moment. Um, we've got two kids now trying to upgrade to a three-bedroom. And you know, we look at these you know, listings online and they say, spacious and peaceful. And so we went to one of them this week. It was overlooking the highway and the size of a shoebox. <laughs> not spacious, not peaceful, I can tell you that. What is David talking about when he talks about spaciousness? He's not talking about real estate. He's not talking about a nice home. To, to be in a spacious place is to be in a place of freedom. To be in a place free of bondage, free of oppression. That's what he means by a spacious place. Uh, God, in the book of Exodus, he was talking about rescuing his people, the Israelites, from slavery. And he said he was going to rescue them out of slavery and bring them into a spacious land, a land flowing with milk and honey. Do you see? It's a place of freedom, of blessing, relationship with God. And David says that when God saved him, he brought him into a spacious place. And if you're a believer here tonight, follower of Jesus, 
It's true for you. It's not just what we've been rescued from. It's also what we've been rescued to. You see? It's not just what we've been rescued from. We've been rescued from sin, judgment, life without God. But we've been rescued to a spacious place. Life now, the blessed life. I truly believe following Jesus is the best life you can possibly live. The blessed life. And life to come, eternal life with our Saviour, a spacious place, a place of freedom, a place of blessing. He's rescued us from, he's rescued us too. And I love what he says next, verse 20. He rescued me because he delighted in me. Just sit with that for a second. God delights in you. God delights in you. The person whose only opinion of you matters, whose only judgment of you really counts, God, he delights in you. He loves you. That's why he gave up his son for you, to rescue you. That's the first song David sings as he looks back on his life. He sings a song of rescue. Number two, he looks back on his life and he sings a song of grace. He sings a song of grace. Verse 21 to verse 30. I wonder if when you heard it read before, you were a bit shocked. I know I was. Let's read verse 21. David says, The Lord has dealt with me according to my righteousness. According to the cleanness of my hands, he's rewarded me, for I've kept the ways of the Lord. I'm not guilty of turning from my God. All his laws are before me. I've not turned away from his decrees. I've not been blameless before him and have kept myself from sin. The Lord has rewarded me according to my righteousness, according to my cleanness in his sight. Sorry, what? If you were with us two weeks ago, you would have heard the story of David and Bathsheba. David, David slept with another man's wife used his power for harm and not for good, and then committed murder. So either David here has some kind of short-term memory loss or he is self-righteous and proud and he you know, thinks he's good enough for God and he's earned it. How on earth can he be saying that he has never turned away from God's decrees? Well, if you remember back in 2 Samuel 12, when David committed those awful sins. It says in 2 Samuel 12, verse 13, Then David said to Nathan, I have sinned against the Lord. Nathan replied, The Lord has taken away your sin. In Psalm 51, David reflects on his sin again, and he says, God, wash away all my iniquity. Cleanse me from my sin. You see, David, David knows he's a sinner. David knows how sinful he is. He's, he's repented of it. He's all too aware. But he also knows that God has forgiven him. He also knows that God has declared him to be righteous, right with him. He knows that God is a God of grace. 
And so when he looks back in his life now, he doesn't define himself by his failures. He doesn't define himself by his sins. He defines himself based on what God says about him. God has declared him to be righteous. And he's not declared to be righteous based on his own track record. Not because of his sin. It's because of God's grace, his undeserved kindness. Romans 4 says the same thing. The Apostle Paul is talking about how we're made right with God, not by our works, but by God's declaration, his grace through Jesus. He even uses the example of King David. You see, for David, he knew God's covenant promises. God had made promises to him that, that he would love him and forgive him. And if you look at the end of the song in verse 51, David says that God shows unfailing kindness to him. That, that's covenantal language, unfailing love, unfailing kindness. David knows He's in a relationship with God. David knows God is a faithful God. And as the New Testament says, when we are faithless, he remains faithful. David knows he is made right by God's grace. And that is a theme of our whole series. Our whole series, we've seen God's amazing grace, his undeserved kindness. Even back when David was chosen in 1 Samuel 16, if you remember back there, David wasn't chosen because God went, What an impressive guy, King David. I'm going to pick him. David was chosen by God's grace. That he was a man after his own heart that God set his heart upon. And tonight we have even more reason than David to praise God for his grace. Because we have seen the cross where Jesus died in our place for our sin. You know, we dare never get comfortable with the idea of grace. It should always shock us. It should always blow us away. It should always humble us. The amazing, amazing grace of our God. So David looks back in his life, he sings a song of rescue. Secondly, he sings a song of grace. And thirdly, he sings a song of victory, of victory. When you go and watch your sport team play, when they win, you often sing a song of victory. When they lose, you don't sing. But when they win, you sing. David here, he's singing a song of victory. Look at the last verse of the song, verse 51. Verse 51, David says, He gives his king great victories. He shows unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants forever. There's no doubt that David has been an impressive king. He's conquered armies. He's won battles. He would have been famous. Everyone would have known about David. In fact, David even says that there are foreigners coming from other lands wanting to be part of his kingdom and bow their knee to him. He's an impressive king. But you know when you sometimes um, see famous people getting interviewed or they're writing their autobiography and They're just listing their achievements, and you know they're just bragging. As David looks back in his life, he doesn't want any of that. He gives all the glory to God. The victory belongs to the Lord, and he declares that over and over again. Look at how he talks in verse 33. Jump back to verse 33. David says, It is God who arms me with strength. And keeps my way secure. 
He makes my feet like the feet of a deer. He causes me to stand on the heights. He trains my hands for a battle. My arms can bend a bow of bronze. You make your saving help my shield. Your help has made me great. You provide a broad path for my feet so that my ankles do not give way. Even back when we first met David, if you can remember back to the start of the series, and we saw David rise and rise and Saul fall and fall. And the narrator makes clear it's because God's spirit was on David and David had the Lord with him. It's never because of David. It's always because of the Lord. And I'm conscious as I speak tonight, I'm speaking to a room of successful people. We're in a successful country, in a successful part of Sydney. Maybe you have successful jobs. Maybe you are successful in your family life or well-regarded socially or whatever it might be. And we forget that every success we have comes from his generous hand. That without him, we'd be nothing. And we forget to be thankful. We forget to praise. It's especially important in the church. We want to see God's church grow. And we're just his weak servants. We need his empowering by his spirit. His strengthening. Too many pastors put themselves on a pedestal and uh, try and big note themselves because of what they've done. It's not about us. It's about God. He's the one that gives us the victory. There's a comfort here as well. Maybe you're facing an obstacle right now in your life, a, a challenge, a barrier, and you're thinking, I, I, I can't do this. This, this challenge is too much for me. I, I, I can't do it. I, I can't serve in this ministry. I, I'm not equipped enough. I can't share about Jesus with my work colleague. I, I wouldn't know what to say. But remember what David said? With your help, I can advance against a troop. With my God, I can scale a wall. Your, your problems are never too big for God. He's calling you tonight to trust him. To look to him for strength and for victory. So David looks back in his life. Rescue. Grace. Victory. But as we finish this series, the right way to finish this series is to look at our Saviour Jesus. Because as we've seen week in, week out, Jesus is the greater David. And that's why in the New Testament, when the New Testament writers, they talk about Jesus, they really want to make clear that Jesus is a descendant of David. They keep wanting to point that out. And you see a hint of it at the end of this song. Because in, Psalm, in verse 51, David says that God shows unkind, unfailing kindness to his anointed, to David and his descendants. God had promised that through David's descendants, he would bring an eternal kingdom. Jesus Christ, when he was on that cross, you know, D David faced the waves of death swirling around him. 
And as Jesus hung there on that cross for you, the waves of death tumbled over him. The grave coiled around him as he died and went through agony for you. But then he conquered death. He conquered our enemy of sin. He conquered our enemy of Satan and rose from the dead. Jesus Christ, unlike David who was a sinner, Jesus Christ is the only human who's never sinned, never turned his back from God, so he's the only one who could die in our place and rescue us. He's perfectly righteous. And yes, David was an impressive king who had a lot of victories, but in the end he was just the king of a small Middle Eastern empire. But if you look around the room today, we have people here from so many different backgrounds, nationalities, bowing their knee to Jesus, part of his kingdom. He is the King of kings, the Lord of lords. He is on the eternal throne forever and ever. He's conquered death. He's conquered Satan. He is reigning. He is ruling. And there will be a day when we will be in heaven and we will be singing these songs. I wonder if it's a song you might be able to sing even now in your life. A song of his rescue. A song of his grace. And a song of his victory. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, you are our refuge, our fortress, our deliverer, our rock. I want to pray for people in the room right now who are experiencing the, the waves of death, or the torrents of destruction, who are feeling overwhelmed, who are feeling up, and up against it. Would you press home into their hearts right now the comfort of these words, that you are their stronghold, their saviour. Father, we thank you that in Jesus, you've rescued us, that you've shown us unfailing kindness and mercy and grace, and that you've given us victory through Jesus' resurrection from the dead. We praise you, Father, for all that you've done. And that the, may we keep living for you and persevering in our life with you, so that at the end of our days, like David, we might look back on our life and testify to your goodness day in, day out, through the highs and lows. We pray this for your glory.